Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. night of the year as much as I love the longest day of the year I love the longest night of the year and this year we have the celestial event happening that is just so cool lots of people want to call it the Christmas star I just want to say there's an alignment happening and the solstice meaning earth all humans everyone who lives here all animals everyone aligned with Jupiter and Saturn how Freaking wonderful is that? If we didn't have this stupid virus, we'd be just, I don't know, we'd be funking it out, baby. <laughs> and Stephen's here yeah. tonight, too. Say hi, Stephen. <laughs> Hello. If uh, we didn't have this virus, we'd be, we'd still be walking in circles with our nails with our foot nailed to the floor, it just would have a wider circle, wider circle to walk in than we do now. <laughs> right, right, because that election won't leave us alone. <laughs> that person who, in name only, considers himself a president, he won't leave us alone. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love Christmas. I love December. I love my vacation. But, man, can the end of January get here soon enough? (laughs) I don't know. And I do miss going to the movies, but I never was a fan of playing Russian roulette in the first place. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, In fact, we were just talking about it, Stephen and I about going to the movies on Christmas. I don't mind getting getting into the car and driving and and going to the movies on Christmas. It's like, um, let's get out. Let's get out in the cold. Let's bundle up and everything. But you know what? Sometimes you don't. You don't want to 
dressed into something else? Do you want to just sit in front of your TV that you paid for, your sound system that you paid for, your streaming service that you're paying for, and watch a, a good theater film, right? <laughs> right there. Yeah, we're your getting a crap load this Christmas. It's about time, though. I mean, all summer we sat around and watched reruns after reruns after reruns. Everybody thinking, oh, the theaters will and open in November. And crappy duck. Ooh, I'm, I'm a documentary fan. I love documentaries, but, oh, man. <laughs> like at Tiger King I, stuff. I tried watching oh, I, it, but. No. Uh, no. Did you see that he's suing the government? It came out yesterday he's suing the government for some kind of antitrust laws or something. I don't know. I just oh, think it's wrong to own a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't want to own something that's going to jump up and just for no reason just bite your face off. <laughs> I know. That's like, um, if aliens were real, there'd be people out there that want to own an alien. Oh, Look what happened forget, in the 80s. they said there there's aliens out there this year. We've already crossed that door. We've already crossed that <laughs> doorstep. Oh, yeah. The things that have been revealed over the past two months are just, just eye-opening. Yes, we do. We have either um, eye opening or is there that full of shit? <laughs> it's like telling us truth or are they that full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've been told they're uh, everyone's full of shit for so long. I just want to believe the guy, and because he's a retired Israeli cabinet general, um, I don't know. I just want to believe him. Something's got to tell. There's got to be something that gives me a little bit of hope. And they, you know, they're also straight laced and by the book. And you know, I'm gonna kill you if you don't, you know, let me be the way I am. You know, all that, all that stuff, all that history over there. For someone from that area to say. I, he could have said anything. Yes, we have a P tape on um, Trump. I believe him. Yeah. Yes, uh, Trump and Putin share the same bedroom. I believe him. <laughs> but people and everyone else would believe him. But he says there's aliens, and everyone's going, "Huh? <laughs> Crazy." This is the craziest and year. Grown men across the United States. They're crying over the Mandalorian. <gasps> well, okay. My my son Lord. and I had a huge, huge debate over that. Not a debate. We had a huge communion over that last episode. <laughs> I mean... What what do you think? Well, if you Did remember you see the prequel trilogy, they get into that. Into what? Uh, I don't want to say unless. Uh, okay, spoilers. Already everyone. said spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Jedi potentials before they are uh, bonded with somebody so they won't have any emotional attachment. Right. Right. I don't know Mandalorian um, lore. Um, I don't know if it's changed because of the show. So, but I didn't know it beforehand. So um, the whole bonding thing, it seems, though, that that's, that, that would be a, a false premise because if you're going to take in foundlings, then that implies an attachment. Implies. Yeah. Well, you remember they've already shown it once with uh, Jango and Boba. Well, uh, yeah. Right. And so, and so his um, Mando's attachment to the child Grogo is uh, Grogu. However, I, I know I like to call him Baby Yoda. Such a weird name. His his real name, but you know he's a Yoda species, whatever that is. Um, yeah. You know, I I totally believe his attachment to to Baby Yoda. I don't need I don't need anything else to make me believe that he's attached to Baby Yoda, and that giving him away to the greatest Jedi ever would still be very hard. And and it doesn't yeah, that even possibility how. Uh... Okay, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, you cut out for me. Oh, sorry. But that at least is a bit of follow up for Mandalorian season three with what happened to uh, Luke's uh, training academy and the. Oh, well, you know, I don't, that's, my son is a, my, my Navy son, my older son is, he's read everything, watched everything when it comes to Star Wars. He's just really steeped in all the, uh, the lore, the canon, what's not canon and everything. And he's, he's way okay with Luke showing up. He's, uh, and, and I keep, I like there was somebody on a different site that I was reading this morning or yesterday about it was this morning how um he felt that um even though he was happy to see Luke and everything because it was thrilling he just doesn't understand the timeline and I'm thinking the person that beat Palpatine who killed the emperor he's the greatest jedi alive and if he showed up somewhere, everyone would be afraid. It didn't, and and the yeah. timeline seemed right to me. It seemed right, though. That's after <laughs> the Mandalorian. <laughs> what? Did I? But before uh, the first film and the prequel Right. It's it's yeah. It's after Jedi, after the Empire has been destroyed. 
after um, the Republic makes everyone free or the rebels, you know? So I don't see a problem with it. See that. Go ahead. Well, I I don't know. I mean, Star Wars fans seem to be very nitpicky, and yet they also seem to want it their way. Okay, they're nitpicky, but if it doesn't fall in this this really tight line of their way, they're going to trash everything. And then, you know what? Too bad for them. Because don't go to Disneyland, man, if Disneyland ever opens. Don't go Don't go to the Star Wars part of Disneyland. Don't watch The Mandalorian. Don't watch all the other shows that are coming up. Um, you know? Oh, that's a Kyle. interesting some of the more shows. The reason the word is, is that the reason I have a Palpatine show is still Palpatine rising in the dark side of the board. Yeah, there's um, where is it? No, that's not it. This is do 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 do. Where is it? I have it all right here, but I have like four windows stuffed with about fifteen each. Uh, upcoming Star Wars. Well, okay, we saw that there's the the book of Boba Fett, and I think that Ahsoka was announced before. But, I mean, the fans are going to get what they want. The fans want an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Now, it's not going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but from what what they've laid out is that he's going to be showing up in, uh, from time to time, with background and continuing the Kenobi uh, story. And then also yeah. the Rogue One Squadron, it's called Rogue Squ- uh, Squadron, all the backstory to um, to the guys that uh, that were so great in Rogue One. I can't, that's, that's like a coup right there. That's great. Let's watch that. December 2023, yeah. that's the projection. Well, was the only character in all nine movies. Right. And even um, um, Mandalorian. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, Disney is really plotting out a, a really good decade of Star Wars. Like they did a decade of Marvel. Well, Disney wasn't all Disney throughout the past decade, but um, the way Marvel... What? Say that again. It's time for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. I don't know why I can't hear you. Let me see. All in the clouds and stuff. Don't worry. Okay. But yeah, it's time. 
just like uh, they announced their first 20th Century Fox series, and it's fine, we're finally going to get the Earth War. Earth War, W-A-R, War Timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of this is right. We've been waiting too long. Um, yeah. The How fan long base is there. For an alien Earth War movie or an alien Earth War TV series, other than the well, cops. you know, well that 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 one movie Requiem destroyed confidence that anything would work because it was such a crappy movie. And I think that oh, come really on. And really... you had a robot puking up face <laughs> Yeah, but it was also in a freaking sewer ditch, too. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I know that half the population knows nothing about giving birth to babies, and half the population does. And only half the population that knows about giving birth to babies ever watches an alien movie, okay? So that's getting into a minority of people. But when you use (laughs) pregnant women in a hospital as your plot in an alien movie, you better be ready for some some really bad shit to come down, (laughs) Cause they did oh, that. Oh, are you terribly. talking about the one movie that no one could see? Yes, the dark one, the one that nobody literally. could see. Dark. Yes, yeah, literally dark. Not in theme, but dark. I mean, the theme was just messed up. Yeah, and the first thing that happened in that movie was they killed a kid. It was a terrible movie. Terrible story. Terrible. Hey, Alien versus Better Two Biopans. Watch them. Yeah, they're well, you know what? On Earth. That's all they're saying. They haven't said if any of the characters are coming back. Is the Colonial Marine going to be there? All we know is it's going to be alien on Earth. Right, and then what I read about it earlier was that it's not. It's in the not too distant future, so that kind of messes up the timeline because it. Uh, we we sent out well the if it goes along with Prometheus Prometheus goes out in search of the engineers at the end of this century 2190s okay so that's when we're looking yeah. looking for the engineers that's when when everything really starts and so back here on Earth we're really starting to mine. Uh, you know, build in space orbital um, uh, space stations and and mining facilities and that kind of thing. And so everything in the alien universe happens in the uh, 22nd century, 21 whatever. And so it, the premise of it sounds like they mean 2050 which doesn't ugh, doesn't jive with what's already been out there. So I'm kind yeah. of skeptical. Even though I lo- I really like Noah um Noah Halley, 
because I really loved the Legion. I loved it. That was a surprise to me how much I loved Legion. And so, and then everyone else loves Fargo. I've never watched it. Have you ever watched Fargo? Fargo. Have you ever watched it? Yeah. Oh, did you like it? Yeah. I like it. Oh, I watch one season and not and not have to watch the other one. If you know understand what I mean. Probably they do. What do you think about the announced plan this week that the reboot Firefly? Uh, my son and I talked about that too. Um, as soon as he heard it, he texted me. He's like, Mom, call me when you can. And I was at work and he was at work. Thing is, we know that the old cast is too old. But I don't, I personally don't want them to recast it. I want that there's that, that, that universe that was set up. There's lots of stories out there, lots and lots of them, that could be told with a whole new cast of characters um, that, yeah. that split from the um, from the wars that happened, all the different yeah. ways in which things were set up. I think there's lots of stories. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see a problem with that, but if they just are going to recast all our favorite characters, who's going to play River? I mean, come on. There is not one new actress out there that can play River, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then we'll yeah. probably get a rework of um, uh, uh, Wash. He probably won't be a he anymore. He'll be a, he'll be a girl so that we can have our lesbian um, couple. You know, I mean, ugh, I just don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that. What do you think? Done right. There's a difference because if you remember when Starbucks casting was announced for the Battle Star Galactic, uh-huh. it was like, bull, 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 bull crap, bull crap, bull crap, I don't like. Five minutes after watching the episode. So. Right, right, right. And I I saw that argument the other day, and I thought, yes, that's yeah. one character. And they chose the exact right actress for that. Because the, the actor, I like the actor who played uh, Apollo. He wasn't the right yeah. actor to play Apollo. I like him as an actor because I've seen him in other things. But... Um, he wasn't the right actor to play Apollo, um, Battlestar Galactica. And so I had a hard time with his character because they chose the wrong actor. Oh, that's important. Yeah. I think it's really important. Um. I thought it was great that they brought Richard Hatch back um, to play uh, a role 
that was completely different than his role as Apollo in the the first Battlestar Galactica. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I've always been in love with that man. And um, in Battlestar Galactica, the, the first one, he was the shining star of good. And he did everything the way it was supposed to be done. And that's kind of like me. I do everything the way I'm supposed to do it. You could rely on me. Okay, and so he was like my character that I could see myself in. So then when they recast Starbuck, I was really scared. And then um, Katie Sackhoff is just the most fantastic, fantastic actress. And she just, she made it her own and that was great. But then they took the Apollo character and they changed him. And instead of having a good relationship with his father, they made him have a contentious, almost angry, mean relationship with his father at first. So they'd have something to work through, whatever, for the story. Yeah. And for me personally, it never to have worked. Dramatic conflict. Thank yeah. You. Uh, so you know what? That's what they're going to do with the Firefly if they recast. They'll do that kind of crap. I don't want to see that with Firefly. Yeah. So I'm on the fence on it. Yay, they're going to bring... Grabbing every dime of property they can and rebooting it like... uh, They announced the Clarice Star... The long in-development Clarice Starling series this week. Right. Except for one thing. Not going to have Jack Crawford in it. Oh. Not going to have Hannibal in it. <laughs> so what is it going to be? Her as a teenager? Because look at Silence of the Lambs. It's like, oh, is it going to be her mother birthing her? I mean, come on. Is it going to be her on her first case? Oh, wait a second. Her first case was <laughs> Hannibal. Let's, yeah. 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 So I don't know. I don't know how these things are going to work. And I don't know why everyone in Hollywood's a hack these days. What happened? What happened because to they're used to having it easy and now they're having to work for it. I guess. I think that it's business. I think business ruins everything. It ruins education. I know that. <clears throat> quarterly, quarter. We're we're we drive those kids quarterly. But go ahead. Man, has gone out. Reboot your entire computer. Don't. You can't say what you've done. Oh. Yep. It's um. It's a mess. It's a mess, and we have to we have to push them in a time when they have relatives who are sick, brothers and sisters who are sick, or my high school students have to help teach their siblings, their younger siblings. We push them, we push them, and push them in something in an unprecedented time that we know nothing about. 
we still act like it doesn't exist. And that's the business model. That's the, so it's got Hollywood, yeah. got education. All that matters is keeping your numbers up and making sure that money comes in. Well, I'm just glad I'm towards the end of my career. Yeah, that goes <laughs> to the too. That's all they care about. Oh, we're going to move our big movies back to the women. We're going to go back to tragically, go back to normal. Yeah. The stupid yeah, normal that he did with tennis is not releasing to the drive-in. Yeah. Drive-in. They should have. They should have put a plan together to make drive-in um, spots for drive-ins all throughout the country. Movie theaters. Movie theaters. Yeah. Like let's let's just take Regal, okay? Regal's sitting there going, "I'm losing so much money." Well, why couldn't they get their little brains together? And say, hey, why don't we try to see if we can rent this property over here, get one of those business loans that churches got, anyway, um, and rent this property over here and run some films right there. Why don't we do that? We could build a big screen in, what, three weeks? I mean, come on. Yes. Okay, so innovation is not America's thing anymore. We don't know how innovate when when strife comes upon us. We we huddle in our houses, really sad, crying, and you know, poor poor me. We can't figure it out. So. Because they couldn't figure it out, now we're going to get the deluge of all these movies. And if you're like me, strapped for money, then you have to pick and choose. Whereas if they would have just released them over the past few months, you could watch all of them, right? All of them. And you could have paid your 20 bucks. HBO Max has got this month. Exactly. In fact, I'm going to have to, this really kills me. It's so stupid. I'm going to have to delete my HBO subscription so I can get the HBO Max subscription. Is that stupid or what? Instead of just being. App and download the HBO Max app. Yeah, well, I have the H. I have the HBO Max app on my PlayStation, but when I go, when it tells me to go, go online and register, it won't take yeah. my information from my HBO subscription. What the hell is that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they make everything. I know. Because- Complicated. So bloody complicated. I don't I don't get it. I don't know. So you guys out there and this um, is uh, raising your prices next month to fifteen dollars. 
Yes. Yeah, it used to be nine ninety nine <laughs> back in the day. But that's the thing. If yeah. you guys are experiencing the same problems that most of us, we're all in the same boat. Too many streaming services, too many passwords, too many click, click, clicks everywhere. It's ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, I find this really ridiculous. Um, and when, as soon as Star Trek, Discovery, and Picard come to Netflix in America the way they are around the rest of the world, I'm dropping CBS All Access because I can't stand those damn commercials. I don't like commercials, and I'm paying for a streaming service so I can have commercials? Oh, I have really yeah, bad words. I want to You watch, um, I'm not a fan of Discovery. I watch it. I watch it because it's Star Trek. And I keep trying to find something yeah. that's Star Trek in it. And they keep using, they, they, they don't know how to do what Disney does with Star Wars. This is the whole thing. These guys are hacks. Yeah, Kurtzman, Kurtzman is a hack. Because, like, the last Star Trek uh, Discovery episode had... Uh, um, the Guardian of Forever in it. It was the surprise in the story to make it real Star Trek. And they do that every so often. They bring something back from the from the original series to make it real Star Trek. And uh, do I sound like a... But it doesn't work. However, the Mandalorian... Huh? What? Say it again. Star Trek the next generation. Right. They didn't need it. Star Trek the next right. They didn't freaking need it. Yeah. It's because it's really... They could have had a great space story. They could have set up their own world. And people would have said, oh, that's so much like Star Trek. But so what? They didn't need to make it Star Trek because that Michael Burnham character is just ridiculous. She is ridiculous. Reworking Klingons is ridiculous. Reworking Romulans is ridiculous. Having Spock have a, an older sister is ridiculous. Ugh. It's all stupid like Spock the way they do it. Having yeah. Spock be an inbred hick from Tennessee because he wants to diddle his sister. That's beyond <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it is because of a true Vulcan. A, a Vulcan like Spock who works so hard to purge himself of emotions would never. Oh, my God. Oh, I put that out of my mind because that's ridiculous. The Vulcans only dealt with the urges twice in their entire freaking life. Yes. <laughs> I miss it completely. I don't like emotional Vulcans. Except, you know what? Okay, I know everyone hates this movie, but I like it. 
the movie with Spock's brother, Cybok, and they go looking for God. I like that movie. I, okay. Some of my favorite lines that Kirk has ever said in his whole life are in that movie. I need my pain. I love that. And McCoy, comes. he's so honest about being why he became a doctor and everything. I'm just There are good things in that movie. But yeah. if you're going to be an emotional Vulcan, you need to be of that, that cyborg little group of Vulcans, okay? Not everyone in on Vulcan is fighting their emotions. I'm freaking sick of that. Sarek. Sarek was the most unemotional daddy figure ever, ever, okay? But not in Discovery. Oh, no, he loves his little adopted daughter. Kissy, kissy. <laughs> Can't stand it. And of all the characters, and so, I, I mean, Cisco, Cisco would have walked down and said, okay, motherfucker. I would have accepted it. That was his personality. Right. But for right. Car, that's not Don't his get personality. Yeah, okay. Right, no, I mean, no, true, true, true. Um, that's not his personality. The whole series of Picard is based upon a lie. Because that's not his personality. They change, That's not Jean-Luc Picard from Next Generation. So tell me why they even made that series. It's because Discovery was failing. Right? Discovery was failing, so they had to um, come up with something else. So they came up with um, Violent Picard, Jean-Luc Picard, who has a silver tongue turning into Jean-Luc Picard, who uses the word fuck. What? Just really terrible stuff. Well, let's see. Right. Right. (laughs) I don't mind making more data. I don't mind taking that that unused portion of the next generation and starting a storyline from it. I don't mind that. The way in which they did it was wrong without any kind of um, respect for the next generation. There's no respect there. So watch it. (laughs) It's like that meme says, we can't make, well, that meme says, and it was a book from J.J. Abrams about changes in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. We can't make movies for the younger generation and keep the older generation satisfied. Then it shows John from the I think that basically just 
do that? <laughs> yes. Seriously. Well, here's the thing. Um, it takes a lot of work, a lot of um, pre-work. It takes a lot of reading, a lot of um, talking with your colleagues to get the character. If you're going to use a character that is already established, then you need to do a lot of work to take the story further or onto a new path. But nobody seems to want to do that. That's the, that's the real point here. Nobody seems to want to do the hard work. So then what? Right. Right. But you know what? There is a show out there right now that did do the hard work. There is a show that's running right now with its newest season that is totally satisfying. And that's Raised the expanse. <laughs> what? Oh. I no, said Raised by Wolves. I oh. oh, yeah, well, I haven't watched that because I don't have HBO Max. I just pay my money for HBO. Ugh. So no, I don't know. I don't. I've I've heard mixed reviews about that. Have you watched it? No. Well, After I don't know. I'm telling you, movie. I won't touch anything. Really, God does. Yeah, he did so much wrong. There's so much good story there. So much good story there. And he just messed up. So I don't know. So seriously, The Expanse, I just binged the whole thing before um, season five started. Season five started this past week. And it's um, just so satisfying. That when you watch it, several of them in a day, and then every day watch two or three, two or three, all the way through season four. And then season five has three episodes last week. It's it's amazing, the story. And it has, um, what, six or seven main characters. And yeah. then it has a couple of, side characters that are very, and so they're in almost every episode. Uh, and you have, uh, you have some great performances like David Strathard. He, oh my God, his character, how he brought that character alive. How, what he did with that character is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it seems like the expense of the Mandalorian is following that old joke by uh, George Carlin. Let's get it small. Make it real small. Yep. Yep. You know what? And what I say about the Mandalorian is 
It is. It's pretty it's anywhere from thirty to forty minutes. They're in between, yeah. which is and and you know the whole story and there's depth, there's emotion. It moves the story along one step at a time. But the thing is, um, uh, the the expanse also tells a story of these people within an epic. And so when you tell the story and you make them interesting and give them depth, you make them three-dimensional, the epicness around the story just falls in so natural. It's just... The difference between that and Star Trek Discovery is, is monumental. Every time... Discovery comes on, it's flashy. They throw tons of money into their CGI, into their sets. And it's too flashy. Too flashy. Well, all you need to do is you have to write, you can have two script writers working on the expanse. I mean, two crews. One crew who's focused on writing each of the five individuals arc on each season. And right. the second crew, which is devoted to writing about the big epic arc of the season. Right. And you need to have those continuity points, right? You need to have people who keep those continuity points together. That's not what the new Star Trek series have, but definitely Mandalorian has that and definitely The Expanse has that. Yeah. And so they're, they're completely successful series, completely successful because of that. And we have that George Clooney one coming out that looks like it's going to be a five-man Yeah. Yeah, what is that called? I'll find it right here. Yeah, the new George Clooney. It's called Midnight Sky. Yeah, Yeah. that looks really good. Uh, I just saw the the trailer last week, and I like the choice of actors in the film. And so I I just think it's uh, uh, it's got really good potential. I yeah. guess it looks yeah. like NPR I mean, did a um, did a a story on it today. So look yeah. for that on your NPR. Wow, cool. And we got that one about the ecological disaster. Right. I don't know anything about that at all. I know nothing about that. Basically said that wanted to pass a bill where the streaming companies 
what half we give of all of the drinking now free over the holidays. What? Yeah. I never heard that. Wow, that's ridiculous. Cable companies do it. They get some new businesses and get hooked on their newest series. Now, here's the big question. What do you like better? Uh, one episode a week, like The Mandalorian or The Boys? Or they keep the whole season all at once, like they do with The Expanse? Well, um, I, I really like um, to have everything released at once. So I can decide how I want to watch the show, and uh, because because I this is my thing, and I don't know if anyone else has this problem or not. I work hard, and not only do I work hard, but during the week while I'm working, I don't think about anything other than work, and. Uh, so when I see one episode a week, I forget. I literally forget that episode, and then on the next episode, I'm totally, oh, yeah, this episode. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, yeah, that's how I feel. But if I could watch two or three of them in a row, then during, <laughs> during my work week, I could think about it. But when they always leave you on a stupid cliffhanger, and never give you the full story or the full anything anymore. I hate it. I literally hate it. But oh well. Yeah, do you remember the good old days where they would do that, but then wait the first five minutes of the show, telling you everything you should know to be able to watch this freaking episode. Yeah. Yeah. We are. And Marvel yeah, coming well, back in a big way. We have uh, WandaVision, which looks good. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, What If. That was the one I hope they don't screw up. I hope not. Because the Winter Soldier is one of the better films of all of them. Really has some uh, good philosophical points to it. Well, I'm talking what is. Oh. Like, uh, one of the episodes is going to be what if Agent Carter had taken the super soldier serum instead of uh, instead of uh, yeah, that would have been different <laughs> to say the least. That's what. Can you imagine? the one-shot episode that tackles stuff like that. Is that going to happen? Yeah, it's called What If. I I have not run across that at all. Disney's doing that? Yeah. Oh, well, let me see.
Oh, yeah, here it is, right there. They're going to do a Black Panther one, too. Yeah, but they're not going to recast that with Tobin. I mean, if I screwed his name over, I probably did. I'm sorry. Right. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, what a what a, a terrible thing. Father, right there. Yes. Oh. You know, it's really funny that in the um the that the last movie, the last the last one, the big one with you know yeah. the gauntlet and all that, whatever that movie yeah. was called. Yes. <laughs> I know. I apologize, Marvel fans out there. Anyway, I did. I was, I, as I was sitting in the movie theater, I was thinking to myself, how come he looks so thin? Did he just, you know, is he doing another film and, where he has to lose weight? What's going on with him? And it's really sad to know that he was doing chemotherapy the same time that he was um, filming all those last scenes. Yeah. But and I mean, it speaks to his courage. It. Yeah, well, no, it was it speaks to his courage, which is, um, is awesome, totally awesome. What an awesome human being. We need more of those kind of people instead of the Trump followers. No offense, Trump followers. You guys are idiots, but no offense. <laughs> And all of you who are Trump followers, I don't want to wear a mask. I ain't going to. I'm not going to take the. Here's the irony. I ain't going to take the vaccine. (laughs) They'll allow the government to track me. While (laughs) they type it on a phone. A cell phone. I know. I know. God, you know what? That it's so stupid. It, even with your phone off now, they can track you. And and these people are like, they're gonna put this thing in my blood, and they're gonna be able to track me wherever I am. Duh! Don't you love that phone do. so much? And they don't give a damn. <laughs> I, oh, I think that's what scares the most. That they're gonna wake up one day, and the government will be like, "Yeah, we can track you." just don't give a damn about you. Yeah, kind of like what's happening right now. Yep. It's going to be scary. Well, I think that things are going to change back better to, you know, closer to what they used to be now in what, yeah, one month. Yeah, but it ain't going to be the same. No. God, no. No. Close to the very last line of the wild one. Is it going to be the same? No, but it's going to be what it is. Yep. I guess that's the way it always is. I've been thinking about that. Maybe because it's the end of the year. Maybe because it's been such a crazy year. I don't know. I've been thinking about that. How, how humanity changes. 
you know, animals don't have, animals in the wild don't have these kinds of changes. Now, what I mean is the animals in Australia, they had a catastrophic thing happen to them with those wildfires. Thousands and thousands of animals were killed and they have to repopulate to go get back up to the numbers that they were. Okay. But in the animal thinking, that was a natural disaster that swept through that. Us, us humans, there are these things that we do to ourselves that change us forever. Um, the invention of the, um, the, the, the tank and the, airplane and the machine gun, World War One, World War Two, nuclear bombs, okay, all those changed not just um, how we fight war, but it changed our consciousness, which made us change the way we lived our lives. And, it, and so we're in the middle of one of those things again. And humans, for some weird reason, choose the not right path when those things happen. If you don't have a strong leader like, say, FDR, this is proof. Also, like when 9-11 happened, we didn't have a strong leader then either. George W. was not the strong leader we needed. And so you can see how everything was absolutely true. I mean, I thought he was the worst president we could ever have, and yet, no, not by far he was better than this piece of lard who has come in and just poisoned everything. Um, But still, 9-11 was one of those things where, yeah, everything's back to normal, but it'll never be the same. Do you remember that? Do you remember when after after 9-11, like, say, two or three weeks after 9-11, when we started just doing things normal again and then click your brain would go, yeah, but nine eleven happened. You know, it, it changed the way yeah, you think. I don't remember before nine eleven you could just go to an airport with no problem. Nowadays <laughs> an hour in advance of your flight. Right. Right. So, and that's just like wearing masks. It it changes your convenience and it changes, like going to the grocery store for me now. I hated grocery shopping before COVID, but now, oh my God, it takes so much effort to go freaking shopping. Oh, I literally hate it. It's not fun. What? The mouth cursed the people now. They don't. They don't get to do what they're saying. And you know, here's the something that I. That's a plus thing you're wearing a mask. You're wearing your mask and your mouth is like, you sir are an idiot. And all they see is your mouth and they don't get to do what you're saying. <sighs> Today I was at the grocery store. I hope it's my last trip to the grocery store before New Year's. And there was this man. I'm in the baking aisle because today I made a um, a rum cake. And so I needed specific ingredients, right? 
So I'm in the baking aisle, and there was this man in the baking aisle. Now, this old lady came through. She got her stuff, and he tried to talk to her, but she's like, I'm old. Stay away from me. And uh, and so he was in the way of exactly where I wanted to be. So I didn't get close to him because I don't get close to anyone in the grocery store. But he kept edging his way closer and closer to me, and he started talking to me. And then I noticed that his mask was kind of falling off. And so then he's talking about how he doesn't he, – he, he thinks staying six feet away from people is ridiculous. And I go, you know what? You might think that. And I said it really loud. I go, but I like staying six feet away from people. I don't like people anyway, so stay away from me. <laughs> but he never got the hint. He kept oh, he went and California have something in common now. Oh, you guys have the six feet um distancing thing? No, we have zero free beds in all the state hospital period. Oh, yeah. We have no we have triage at our um at our fairgrounds right now. It's really scary. Telling but me today at the store. I'm glad I nearly died of the pneumonia crap back in June before the hospital really got hot and heavy feel. Right. I know this has nothing to do with movies, but sort of it does. Like today when I was baking, I watched um, 12 Monkeys and I watched Contagion. Now, I'm telling you, I think that Trump and his lackeys watched Contagion. Because so much of what's in that movie are the same freaking lines that people were using in the government to say shit to us, who say stuff to us. That movie. Goodbye, Rachel Green. Within the first and second week of COVID. Right. Well, it should have. I mean, the things that we've lived through are different from. Contagion in 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 many different ways, not um, but not but not an, not enough, right? There's so much in that movie that is just like. And here's another thing: the actors don't wear masks, but everyone around them, out in in the background, are all wearing masks. But the the doctors are talking to each other, and they don't have masks on. And I found that really freaky because we know that in real life, we know this now, that in real life, those doctors would have masks on, maybe triple masks on, you know, and gloves and stuff if they were talking to each other. So it's interesting to watch yeah, it now. Well, what is put up on the first get Dreadfilm, too? They've always had that thing. Well, in the source material, this person has a mask on and you can't see her face. Well, where if I have a movie star, I'm paying them ten million dollars. I want to see their face. <laughs> I want a good story, folks. <laughs> but I know that I do. I'm, not, like, I'm like five well, percent. Look at the Carl Urban just read. If you walk out of the movie or stop the movie, you have to watch it. It works off with. Damn it, I didn't get to see Carl Urban's high. 
No, it was. You gotta admit. Damn, that was good. <laughs> Carl Orban has a great face. He has some expressions that are just precious. It is a shame to cover up his face. <laughs> just like in Mandalorian, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, when when Pedro Pascal takes off his his helmet, that man has a great face. I loved his face from um, uh, Game of Thrones. I really liked his character in Game of Thrones. I hated what happened to his character in Game of Thrones because I never read the book, yeah. and so I didn't know what was going to happen. So anyway, he takes off that mask, and you see he has this great face. What was the name of that movie? I said it the last time I was on a show. Um, there's a movie out there that he's in. I love it. It's a sci-fi movie. It's on Netflix. Dang it. Yeah. I'll think of the name. I'll get but it for you guys. Really, I still like Pedro's face. They kept his face under the mask. So when he showed it with the emotion at the end of the second season, it meant something. Yep. Oh, he's from Chile. I didn't even know that. Okay, what was that movie I just saw? I just saw it. Oh, he's in. He's going to be in Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. How about that? Yeah. What's the name of that movie? Prospect. That's the movie. It's on um, on Netflix, or it was. Hopefully, it's still there. I liked it a lot. Prospect. It's a 2018 film. And so there's some good things, you know. Right. Let's see. What movie did I watch last night? I forget the name of it. I'll find it and I'll tell you guys about it. And then you'll know if you want to watch it or not. It's on Prime, okay? So let's see. Let's go back. Um, I think it's called Underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called. Under, yep. And she's underwater and has like a Cthulhu-looking monster in the end of it. <laughs> she's almost naked through the whole damn movie. That's the one thing that bugged me the most. But um, I don't know. I thought yeah, it was. I liked it. 13, so. well, oh yeah, it was a fun movie. Yeah. Um, made it Lovecraftian at the very end with the monster. Yeah, the CGI wasn't that good at the end, but I'll I'll forgive him. It it was very um very low budget. Um, it uh, was fifty, eighty million dollars. So you know that doesn't buy you the top-notch um, uh, CGI. But I like the premise of it, and uh, and the other actors were pretty good. I really um, enjoyed some of the acting in it. Um, Lesser-known people who did a good job. Um, guess she's becoming an okay actress. I wouldn't say that she's up there on the top tier of anything, but um, 
you know, you know how you, what's her name? Um, the, uh, the actress you hate in Passengers oh. and, um, yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. She's in that kind of, um, Kristen Stewart is in that kind of realm where she's kind of emotional, but her facial expressions don't really show it very well. I know. She's not really showing emotion. Right. Right. And so, but I watched it. It kept me awake. I, I was up till, um, my day was long yesterday because I finished grading yesterday. And, um, and so that movie was a couple hours long, kept me up till after midnight and I didn't fall asleep at all. So it was good. I want to mention, um, there he is. Is this him? Vincent Casal. He's a French actor. I really, really like him in everything I've, ever seen him in he was in this movie and I was really happy he he really he has emotion and every time he somebody would be freaking out because they're at the bottom of the ocean and the 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 ocean station that they live in is crashing down upon them and he looks at them to try to stop them from freaking out he tells them you are going to live you believe him. He's so great. You believe him. Yeah. So oh, it's a good popcorn film? movie. We so it was a, we need those nowadays, damn it. Right. Right. And uh, um and so all the all the supporting actors were good. I liked them. And you know who they are. It's a disaster movie. It's a science fiction movie. There's a monster in it, so it's a monster movie. I was waiting for a kaiju to show up, and it sort of does, actually. And uh, about it's the Mariana. Yeah, well. <laughs> so it's like a. Oh, I don't. No, let's not talk about that. Why do they have to? This is like, this is the fan service. That movie is fan service, and I hate it. Why does Godzilla and King Kong have to fight each other? Tell me. Tell me that. Because King Kong needs to prove who's the best. But he won't, because Godzilla will free a new movie. Kong Skull Island was the best. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. I'll sit down and watch that anytime. I really like it. But I've seen to want to make the fight scenes in Kong versus Godzilla like Kong Skull Island more than, uh, hey, let's keep them in the rain. Oh, yeah. Well, I expect it to, yeah. In my mind, that's what I expect. But I don't want to see King uh, Kong and Godzilla fight each other. It's hard enough watching uh, uh, the the last Godzilla movie because I like all those monsters. (laughs) 
why they don't put out new Halloween movies in October. Why do they do that in September? Because they put out a lot of Halloween movies in September. Explain that one to me. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, do for November or December when it's cold outside. You don't mind for a long but Yeah, well... I don't know. Get on the list of uh, Warner Brothers uh, things. I think January, February is a Mortal Kombat movie comes out. There's no date on. But movies. Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat, the new one. Yeah. Is it a remake or not? A reboot. Oh, God. You think it's going to be any good? I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it either, except for the simple hope. But, let's see. Suicide Squad sequel comes out next year. I don't know when. There's no date. Oh, yeah. What about the new Matrix movie? That's going to be coming out sometime Next year. What do you think? You think it's going to be? I mean, they've got some great actors in it. Oh, I'm going to watch it. It has to be better than the Sci Fi Channel version. Well, I like that one. I mean, there are some things that are not so good about that one, but there are some things that I really like about it. I love the artwork, the cinematography of it, even though it wasn't done outside and done all on sets. I think that. Doing it all on sets was like this this feat that they this this marvelous thing that they did. Well, the biggest thing I didn't like about the Sci-Fi Channel is it didn't have uh, Patrick Stewart. It didn't have Everett McGill. Right, right. It well, yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Well, David Lynch's Dune is like. A, a, a thing of art set apart from films. It's like 
It needs its own shelf. It does. It just, you can't compare that film to any other film or Dune or anything, really. It's just so singular in its vision. <laughs> I know a lot of fans have been whining about this. Oh, looks like a little boy. Well, if you read the book. Right. Of all of the things you're showing over, he's supposed to be a little boy. What do you think the line, the sleeper must awaken me? Yeah, I would say that, um, see, I was a little, I, I look at him and I go, does he really look like Paul Atreides to me? I don't know. So I went and I, I hunt down his um his other films and uh, he's a really good actor the young man actually has acting chops okay yeah and so I, I'm I'm not hesitant anymore to think that he's not going to be able to be Paul Atreides His name is what? Timothy, I can't think of, Chalamet. Yeah. And, and he's... So far, the only one that I've heard is uh, him, the guys who play Paul, and Dave Batista, or Batista, if you're a wrestling fan, and Babiche Corban. Right. I mean, I was going to... I just watched him... Uh, Timothy, oh yes, because I watched Interstellar, and he was the the young son of um, of uh, in the movie of Interstellar. But I also watched. Where is that film that I just watched? It's called The King, and it's about Henry, um, King Henry V, and. Uh, coming to uh, become king really young in life. And he did a really fantastic job. And I thought, wow, this this guy can act. So we should give him a chance. And then who's going to be? Yeah, but that's problem. Most fans just like, okay, I'm going to give you a chance to do it right. Most fans nowadays, they're saying that more like, Okay, I want to go in defeated with the defeated attitude. Yes, you're so right. Like, this isn't mine. It's like if you went in, what, looking for card actors all over and said, This isn't my Star Trek. Let you go. This isn't my Star Trek. I hope you'd like it. Exactly, 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 exactly. I have to agree. Most everyone is turned on the negative. Instead of being excited, I was talking to um, Derek Ferguson about uh, Once Upon a Time in, uh, in America and how that film brought out in me uh, that excitement 
and that I haven't oh, felt in a long America? time. Or that's it, Hollywood, not America, Hollywood. And that feeling of, you know, you really want to take people to go see this movie because it's it's so much fun and it's so well done and the acting and the script and everything, right? And that's what yeah. I think we've lost. All this internet stuff, I mean, here we are podcasting about films and um, I don't uh, know. More of the negative comes out instead of positive. And, well, when I went to see there was a whole bunch of uh, people my mom's age and your mom's age. And for them, yeah. Charles Manson was the boogeyman. Yeah, um, and it was my um. Was go ahead. Area. I'm so sorry. So sorry. No, go ahead. No, go keep making your point. You too, because you was around that area when happened working. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, and uh, that's June. Uh, Tarantino's releasing a novel, expanded novel version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The other day. Um, in fact, he's going to do another novel also of one of his films. Do you know which one it is? No, I know he's going to do a novel of uh, film criticism. Well, I know they said that um, that article, I can't think of it. It's not coming, popping up in my mind. But they said that he was going to write a novel form of another film. And I don't think it was The Hateful Eight. It might have been. No, The Hateful Eight already out. The extended version on that. So I don't, I don't remember. But anyway... Um, I really think that Tarantino did us a favor with that film. He really, really, I know it was a love story for himself. I know it was, um, uh, you know, really close to his heart, what he was doing. And, uh, but for the rest of us, especially someone who visits Hollywood, not Hollywood, but LA as much as I do. God, I love that film. Probably is what all the senior influences around back in the day. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff, sci-fi and non-sci-fi, coming out the next week and next year. So, we're going to be until we get back to our new normal, whatever the hell that's going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. I'm I'm tired of trying to guess the new world is going to look like because yeah. uh, my imagination just can't fit with kind of the stupid things that are being done. So I don't know whatever the new normal is. I just want to go to – I will take the chance to go to a movie theater. If I don't have to sit next to a stranger and breathe that stranger's air, 
I'll go to a movie theater. I'll wear my mask. I would love to go to a movie theater again. Really, really love to, but they have to figure it out. Thank you. you know, I don't, I don't see why they don't try to figure it out. Because if we have to wait until all of us get a, vac- uh, a vaccination, two shots, I mean, we're going to be waiting two more years for all of that, right? Yeah, well, we got the second virus that was uh, a green <sighs> Right, right. And then also, I guess I was put on the list as I'm not a first responder. I'm an essential worker. And so yeah. um, they put teachers on the list for the next round. And so I guess I'm going to be getting my shot, and I'm going to be forced to go back to the classroom Next year, next fall. Yeah, I don't know. Say, well, look, yeah, look, they're back in the classrooms. Everything's getting back to normal. They want that illusion of normalcy. Right, right. That's how, um, you know, um, Contagion. I like the way the movie ends because. The vaccine is out. People are getting um, the vaccine through lottery on the movie, and there is no going back to that normal. That is never going to happen. They all admit it. But we don't admit that. We don't admit that our lives have changed. We still think we're going to be going to Walmart with a crowd of 500 people. (laughs) That's fucking stupid. Like uh, Brave New World or Metropolis, where we have the so-called normal world on top of the real world. Or Logan's Run. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Um, Do you have Peacock? Have you seen the new Brave New World? Have you seen that series? No. Oh, I really liked it. I'm I'm getting ready to do my second uh, watch of it. The guy who played Han Solo in the movie, the the Han Solo movie, he's in it, and he he plays John, and uh, I really liked it. And uh, and and so, if you ever get a chance to watch it, any of you, if you have Peacock, watch it. Because it's very intriguing. I after I watched it, I went back and reread the book, and uh, a lot of the book is kind of boring for for us who are we're so advanced in the things that we know now. So some of the book is boring, and you can skip through it, and you can see that they did a really good job of taking the important stuff out of the book and putting it on film. And so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thumbs up for uh, a sci-fi series on uh, a, a struggling streaming service. Well, it's not struggling so much anymore, but it was. And what do you think about Alan Dean Foster? Imagine if they tried that shit that Disney's doing to him on Harlan. Oh. That would be fun to watch. Oh, man. Well, Harlan right now, if Harlan was still alive, he'd be out there screaming. He'd be out there screaming about it because we never get paid. Us writers never get paid what we're worth. 
We can never get paid for what we do. Everyone just thinks, oh, I could write that. Yeah, then sit your ass down and do it, okay? I'd like to see you put some words together the way I can, the way Stephen can, the way us writers do it. I'd like to. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Alan Foster signed a contract with Star Wars Universe. And Disney, who owns the rights to the novels now, says, well, because you did a contract of Warner Books and not us, we don't have to pay you royalties. Right. 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 And that is... Um, that's just the way the world screws you. Um, my husband, the father of my son, he helped invent this thing that every farmer who grows pistachios and and, and um, uh, almonds they use this machine. It's called it's a, a tree shaker. When when fruit or nuts get to be ripe at a certain point, you can shake the tree and they'll. Most all of them will fall off the tree. So he helped, it, it was his design actually, create this machine that everyone uses. But because he was part of a company, even though it was his design, his genius that did it, he gets no royalties or anything. And they've been using it for, what, 35, 30 years now? And we're not rich. (laughs) That's the way the big world works, and it screws us. And these are the ones that they think that can run this world properly. Well, you know, um, there's that old movie called Saturn V. Alan Dean Foster wrote that film. Um, He was under some kind of contract. And... uh, not to write that film, but to be writing films and uh, and books. And so they said, hey, we want this, and we want these characters, and so write this, okay? And um, there's been some talk about re- redoing that film, that story. I think they should, and I think they ought to pay him when they do it. Yeah. So maybe th- there will be a silver lining somewhere for him. But some of my favorite books of when you I was a teenager, young adult. Die. Anyone of our generation who loves Star Wars and who doesn't know Splinter of a Mind Die is not a Star Wars fan. Right. That doesn't mean that the writer ever gets any credit. I mean, look at Doom. When we talk about Dune, we don't talk about Frank Herbert, do we? We talk about uh, David Lynch, and we talk about the new one with, um, what's his name, Villanova? What's his name, Villanova? Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. We talk about about how his son put out a whole bunch of crappy books after Frank Herbert died that basically crapped on the legacy of Dune. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, writers. And look at the what they do with Michael Crichton stuff. I mean, his his legacy 
is well intact, and he had lots of lawyers help him try to make sure that nobody um, bastardizes his his works. But yeah, look at Andromeda Strain. That last one was really terrible. Really terrible. Yeah. I mean, well, we need more writers with the guts of Harlan Ellison. Yes, we do. Well, you know that um, there's going to be one last book of his published, the last of his uh, writings published. And I'm, I know that he gave his permission, but, but he wasn't going to give his permission. Still, he's absolutely right. Oh, that's another thing. He's dead, and they used his idea in Star Trek Discovery, the Guardian of Forever. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> when I saw that, I watched it. I don't know if it was last night or the night before. Oh, it was last night before I watched the other movie. Um, I saw it and I thought, oh, my God, Harlan is like nuclear bomb exploding in his grave right now because these hacks are using his story to make Star Trek Discovery um, tie in with real Star Trek. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, uh, this is bad, 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 bad. Oh, well. Oh, well. Harlan oh. would come back to the grave and kill. I think he'd come back and kill Disney over what you're doing now and Dean Foster. I bet he would he would write a scathing scathing article about it and have it published somewhere where all those Disney execs would read it and it would just it would burn them. Burn them. Well, you remember well, oh, you've read that book and you weren't having through the one day he worked for Disney. Oh, yeah. That may be one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life. You have to, <laughs> people just look it up or buy the book with it. <laughs> the, um, I have the script book, too. Um yeah. Well, Harlan, the one thing about Harlan is that his his anger masks his um his sense of humor because all his his writing has this 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 sense of humor that borderline sar- sarcasm but goes deeper than sarcasm. But it's humorous in a very dark way. Yeah. He just was penetrating. He could see the truth, and he wrote it. And sometimes yeah. the truth the is just... The only thing I really regret is that I was too young to really see the true impact of Frank Herbert's books when they came out. This year. True. True. I was way too young to know the impact of them also. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, I... I was a sci-fi or fantasy fan in the 70s. It was 
saw that book, this was Conan the Barbarian It was Dune. It was the rediscovery of Lord of the Rings. Right. Oh, God. I still remember the first time I read Lord of the Rings. Uh, it was mind-blowing. But also the Heinlein books that I read, um, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, and a couple of the other ones I can't think of right now. I mean, that's when I was a, a young teen, those were the books I was reading. And there, that, the impact of those stories was really hitting uh, media and, and Vietnam War was happening. And so there was a lot of social change and debate and philosophy going on. At that time, I mean, I was a teenager, a young teen during Nixon. And so all those books and all those thoughts and all those uh, philosophies that were coming out of uh, Asimov and Bradbury and Heinlein and everyone who was writing in the 50s and in the 60s was impacting my life, whether I realized it or not. And uh, I think I was lucky to be able to read those books. Um, um, uh, The Illustrated Man freaked me out. And that changed my my reading habits forever. I had nightmares, nightmares. I would read the stories in uh, Illustrated Man. And then I would have nightmares. That's why Stephen King never scared me. Nothing scared me like Ray Bradbury's Illustrated Man. Those stories are I wish that edgy. What? I wish that movie was better. Uh, yeah, I wish the movie was better. Well, that's just like Fahrenheit 451. Had a great director, but the movie sucked. No, Illustrated Man was good. It's just the way they picked the stories out of the thing was schizophrenic as hell. Right. Well, the movie was too much like if you were sitting on acid. Yeah. It was almost like every time you looked at a picture. uh, The first story was the horror with the veil. Then the second yeah. story was hardcore freaking sci-fi. And the third story right. was a little bit of both. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just... TV adaption it was of, a... Uh, go ahead. It was a 1969 film. Yeah. Came out in March, right before my birthday, actually. Interesting. That was the same year that the moon landing happened. All kinds of things happened in 1969. Yeah, the movie just freaked me out, too. The movie was too much for my 11-year-old brain. Yeah, but it's a good adaption of uh, Radbury's story from Seventy. Look up the Martian Chronicles. I don't know why people. Oh yeah. 
can have the bad reputation does not screw the hell out of that dictionary. Right. Oh, I totally agree. I I think the Martian Chronicles, I mean, I've read the Martian Chronicles, just read them, um, I don't know, several times. And um, the film, see, when did that come out? Uh, Spelled it wrong. Okay, let's see. The film came out. The books were written, of course, in the 1950s. The film, I don't know if it's going to show me. Just under that, it didn't. Right, Rock Hudson. You know why? Because people didn't like that Rock Hudson wasn't playing the the romantic lead. Yeah, Martian Chronicles, nineteen eighty. Right. Then it has a son and it's like, wow, that's Martians? And then it cuts down and you're looking at a puddle and they're Martians now because they live on Mars. They're calling. Right. Here we go. That was 1980 miniseries. Okay. Let me see. It's Oh, it doesn't say what month. Well, it either came out in September or March, one of the two. That's when they would run their miniseries. But it doesn't matter. Um, I think it's because it didn't get a good reception because of Rock Hudson. And the rumors about him, and it was a weird time, 1980s was Reagan, um, just, it was just a weird time. And it was and a so, hardcore 70s sci-fi film that came out post-Star Wars. Right. That wasn't anything like Star Wars. You don't have space battles. It's philosophical. Like I said before, those, those writers from the 50s, they, they had the, these philosophical ideas and put them into their hardcore science fiction, although there are some people that don't think Ray Bradbury was hardcore. Um, yes, he was. I know he was. <laughs> he was know. a hardcore nostalgic, too, if he read stuff like... Uh, Right, right. Well, the belt is also, might have children in it. The whole idea behind it is pretty, it's not, it's not family affair, you know? Colossus, the former project demon, the soul 
right. sci-fi to space opera. Space opera has never been yeah. serious sci-fi. Because when you look at like Buck Rogers, the serial, is, I mean, uh, Lucas always says that he got his inspiration from Buck Rogers. And I'm talking about the 1930s Buck Rogers, okay, with the silver silver spaceships and everything. And yeah. that's what Star Wars is patterned upon. And that's that's why, you know, Asimov never really had anything of his on TV. No one, no one could – they still can't even do Foundation. I know that it's supposed to be coming out soon at some point, but still. still the closest thing we have is Will Smith's uh, iRobot. iRobot. Right. That's the closest thing we have. And now, as far let's as take that care, movie from I, about a court that was done in the fifty on the outer limits of the one-hour courtroom drama, and make it a Will Smith action film. You know, the outer limits that ran from nineteen ninety-five through two thousand two, two thousand three. A yeah. lot of those stories are excellent stories. I watch them all the time. Those are really super good stories. And, and they take uh, Marlon Ellison. <laughs> yes, they did. They paid everyone. Well, that's because Brad Turner was behind most of them, and I respect Brad Turner. Brad Turner is a good producer of science fiction. And you have to have a good producer of science fiction. I mean, he's the the genius behind Stargate, and uh, he's the genius behind bringing Outer Limits back. And and then you also have to be Canadian, I think, right? Because the Canadians do science fiction better than anyone. But yeah, I mean, there's an about How do you think that? How long do you think for Star Wars? Over-exaggeration is uh, going to get huge because they announced about 10 or 12 freaking series. Well, I think that the Star Wars, if I heard you right, I think the Star Wars series is um, – it's going to play out in so many different ways and it's going to last for a very long time. So you cut out there at the end. I was still trying to listen. So I don't know if I got the what question I mean right. Is, uh, oversaturation. There's too much product for the fans oh. to watch. Oh, yeah, like what Marvel did. Marvel oversaturated with superheroes. Um, what do you mean, did? I still want to do it. They announced about 600. They announced the crap on the Marvel series. <laughs> I know, I know, and um, I'd be really happy if they come back with that. With they, they were talking about bringing back um, some of the the characters from the Netflix shows. Those were good shows, and so yeah. um, I, I don't think I think if if Disney does it right, unlike 
Star Trek, the way CBS has taken it, if they if 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 Disney does it right, there are so many stories to tell within the Star Wars universe that they could tell stories for decades, and I don't think anyone would get tired of it as long as they did it right. Like Mandalorian does it right, but you don't have a John Favreau for you know for every series. That that man's brilliant. Like I said, you have yeah. to have a good producer. If you don't have a good producer, your show's going to suck. That's all there is yeah, to it. Like, uh, Yes. Yeah. So that you know, like I said, Brad Turner, he was very successful with the Outer Limits. Everyone said, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't do it. It'll never be like the old Outer Limits." And he ran ran that for six or seven years, and consecutively as he started Stargate. Okay, so he he started um, Outer Limits, and then. As that became successful and became part of TV viewing, he went and he started Stargate, which became phenomenal. Yeah, you have to have a good producer with vision. Like you, Stephen, you're a good producer with vision. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end the show. No, it's a good way to end the show. You're a great producer. And this whole this next going to be doing a new year, and when we work out, alien friends, I was watching it. They were like, "Yes, this is going somewhere." Yes, it's going somewhere. That's the best feeling of all. You're investing your time, right? So it needs to go somewhere. Okay, well, um, I'm going to be reading Night Before Christmas for this week for Christmas. Maybe something else, too, if I can find it and Stephen lets me. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. And do you have anything else? Yeah. Yes. I heard a lot of them going out and it's going to be with PTSD with how much they lost. Be it two legged family members or a lot of four legged family members, too. That's right. That's right. I mean, I really, today I got super depressed about it, not getting to see my granddaughters or my sons. I'm just really feeling bad, but I'm not like anyone else. Uh, you know, my, my situation is not uh, unique. We're all feeling it. So hopefully. You know, we we stay safe. None of us get sick. I have lots of friends who are sick right now, and they are going through hell. So please don't get the sickness. Please don't. People who have been in the hospital on respirators, please don't get the sickness. Be safe. If you're with your family this year, if you have a different political view than the other side of your family, 
That's a good way to end this show for tonight. And we love and so, every one of you guys out there. Yep. <laughs> I I appreciate all of you out there. I I'm amazed that you listen to my show. So um, have a really nice Christmas and stay safe. Okay. Okay. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night.